get ahead and discuss little individual plays or decisions or clock management, stuff like that, I'm not, I am not, unlike Deontay Johnson, taking my eye off the ball and fumbling it without being forced. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers coming to you from Kansas City. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. But here in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, the Steelers were absolutely annihilated 36 to 10. And trust me, please, the score was not at all indicative of the way this one unfolded. This was no moss from the very, very beginning. It wasn't even remotely interesting. And I could go over why, you know, I could start breaking down, you know, the Chiefs opening drive right down the field. Boom, 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 boom. And I could give the appropriate praise to Patrick Mahomes and how the two-time defending conference champs managed to look just as efficient without Travis Kelsey as they would have with him. I could get into... Uh, it, there's, just, there's just no point. There's just no point. In fact, to do that is to let off the hook the people who are most responsible for it. And that really is the problem. The problem is top-down, not the other way around. It's not injuries or illnesses or anything of the kind. It's not inconsistencies. It's not isolated performances that have fluctuated because the same thing has been wrong from the very, very beginning. Yes, even including that very temporarily uplifting victory in Buffalo. The same thing. And it's been the same thing and should have been recognized as the same thing going all the way back to last spring. But it wasn't taken seriously by those people at the top. And as a result, these knowledgeable, experienced, successful men entered this season with an offensive line that's almost completely trash. And I don't mean to sound... Uh, mean-spirited when I say something like that. It, it, this isn't personal. If you sign up for a certain line of work, you're expected to be judged on performance. And they're terrible. They're trash. Collectively, that offensive line is trash. And almost anyone, anywhere, could have seen this coming. Almost anyone anywhere did 
see it coming. And it made no sense. The construction of this group made no sense. In a year where you're negotiating with your franchise quarterback to come back for one more year. And that includes a pay cut. You leave $10.25 million in cap space sitting there afterward. And you don't fill out your line. You go with hope. A prayer, really. Kendrick Green, third round rookie center who'd only played four games at that position in college. What did you think was going to go wrong? Did you think you were just that great at evaluating and that great at instructing that you could just wave that magic wand and make it happen? Is that, is that what the thought process was? Because there isn't another one that adds up. Kevin Dotson, the left guard, this would have been his second year, his first you know, really full season as an NFL starter. I heard early last summer that they were deeply disappointed in his preparations. What did you think was going to happen there? Left tackle, left tackle, protecting the quarterback's blind side. This was supposed to be Chuk Sikorafor, you'll recall, moving from the right side to the left side, to what was seen and still is seen as being his natural position, but his actual position the entire time he's been in the National Football League was the right side. So that also involved a measure of hope. Your right tackle was supposed to be Zach Banner, who is coming off uh, reconstructive knee surgery. What did you think was going to happen there to not have a parachute in place? No, you can't anticipate everything in constructing a professional sports roster. You just can't. But you could see this coming like a Mack truck through the Fort Pitt tunnel blaring its high beams. And, and... And, and what did they do? What did they do? What did they think was going to happen? Don't let them off the hook by talking about games and plays. It's all rooted right here. Yes, even the defensive issues. Because those guys have to stay on the field almost the entire first half of every game they play. Repeating the refrain, what do you think is going to happen to them as the season goes along? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Everyone wants to fire this person or that person, and I'm all in favor. I'm all in favor. I'm open to absolutely anything 
that will exorcise this franchise of whatever complacency compelled it to behave the way it did in constructing this offensive line. And honestly, it's reached the point where these games are so similar. The way that they're losing, it's all the same. Game after game after game, and even when they pull them out, you know, when they come up with that big win that the head coach can wink at a camera on his way off the field, those follow the same pattern too. I, me, I'm running out of stuff to ask after these games. I asked Mike Tomlin, oh, I asked him about uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Why is Ray Ray McLeod getting eight targets in a game? Why is he leading the team for most of the day in targets? And I got back one short sentence. The attention that that 18 and 11 gets. Okay, well, he claims Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are being double teamed, seeing all kinds of extra coverage. My eyes are not telling me that. And while I'm not going to claim to have Tomlin's expertise in football or even a fraction of it, I'd like to think I can identify when there are two people against one as opposed to just one against one. Claypool does, of course, see an extra body whenever he takes a deep route. That's just a safety coming over to get somebody help. Deontay's not getting double covered like ever. And the idea that both of them would be getting double covered is just insane. Why is Ray Ray getting targeted so much? You want the real answer to that? Because A, the offensive coordinator completely lacks imagination. So he puts into place primary plays he feels can be executed quickly and simply. In turn, the quarterback, who really doesn't want to sacrifice his life behind this miserable offensive line, goes along with it, and Ray Ray ends up being the primary target. People say, well, what about Deontay was wide open over on the other side? It doesn't matter. There isn't a second scan for a quarterback to have in this offense. Why? Because of this offensive line. What else did I... I, I, asked, uh, I asked Tomlin about Ray Ray... Getting a taunting flag and why Ray Ray wasn't benched the way Claypool was up in Minneapolis. And this was what I got to that. I, I, I categorically disagree with it. I thought that Ray Ray was signaling first down and he turned around to do so and the guy just happened to be there. I think we got to exercise some common sense. Well, at least it was more than a sentence. I, honestly, I don't even really even care about <laughs> a taunting penalty or whatever. I mean, it's something people will talk about or whatever. It doesn't mean I have to care. I definitely don't. Where the care needs to be applied with this organization has to come from the top. And it's got to be merciless, unforgiving 
unapologetic. And that means Art Rooney is going to have to do something that, to be blunt, he's never had to do. And I don't know that he can. I don't know that he can. I don't know that he can take the harsh look that's needed at this entire operation. I know what you're thinking. You're just thinking, he's not going to fire Tomlin or whatever. Somebody's going to bring up Rooney rule or the Steelers don't fire head coaches or whatever. I'm actually going beyond that. I'm going beyond that. I'm not excluding it. I'm just going beyond it. I don't know that he can do that. I don't know that he can do that type of exercise. He's never had to, really. But this, this is different. This was a monumental screw-up that started at the top. And oh, by the way, defied, at least in my eyes, direct orders from Rooney himself to upgrade the running game. Because the last time I checked, the Steelers ranked in the bottom three in the NFL in rushing, despite drafting a shiny new toy in Najee Harris. This, this season is on the front office and on the coaching staff. One billion percent. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise that they keep that promise and this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Doug, who asks an appropriately bigger picture type question. Are the Steelers a team and organization in decline, badly in need of a hard reset in every area, or are they just one of 31 other NFL teams that have found a plateau of mediocrity due to softer NFL practice guidelines, questionable player dedication and commitment, COVID misery, and whatever else you can credit for a much worse on-field product than just five years ago? This is a great thing to bring up because I think to an extent, every team in the NFL is impacted by Everything you just described, yes, even the hometown team here in Kansas City. That's been a big, big undercurrent to this whole COVID football process. Teams just aren't looking strong and consistent and as a result, you get results that fluctuate all over the place. Who saw the Chargers getting mauled by the Texans yesterday? 
you know? But that stuff's been happening everywhere. That said, and I'm not going to go through repeating the whole first segment again, but the Steelers have been anything but inconsistent. They've been the same team in all 15 games. All the way across. Even the W's. Tell me which was the complete effort that you would cite out of the seven wins they somehow have. Which was the one where you'd say, oh yeah, that was the day they put it all together. You can't. You can't. You can find early on some defensive showings that were strong, not least of which obviously was Buffalo right at the beginning. But if you'll recall, I expressed concern even then from Orchard Park that this defense was never going to be able to make it, logging 70-plus snaps per game. And it was 73 in that one. Can't do it. You can't do it. They've been consistent. Their problems are traceable. Their problems are clear as day. And they've been that way the entire time. Have they accepted it? Have they... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Reconciled themselves to, oh, well, this is what it is. I can tell you that uh, I didn't get that much of a sense of indignation from anyone here about this particular performance. I didn't get a sense of, wow, how did this happen to us? Instead, it was a, uh, a lot, a lot of it sounded like this from TJ Watt. All right. I think um, we, need to, we need to play a lot better football pretty obvious right now and um, we're not getting it done and um, we need to get in the film room and correct things ASAP. Now, believe me, that is anything but a knock on TJ, my bringing up that quote. He's out there with cracked ribs. Dude is playing through cracked ribs and giving it everything he's got. He's not the problem. Cam Hayward isn't the problem. The problem is that the whole stage was set by one stupid mistake that could have been avoided if egos hadn't been getting in the way. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And yeah, we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Sun will come up.